Tonight's episode is dedicated to the life and legacy of Frederick Thomas, known to the world as Fred the Godson. The Bronx-born rapper lost his battle to COVID-19 earlier today at the age of 35. gentlemen, boys and girls, he, she, them, and they, and all who may fall in between, welcome back to another night of Quarantine Nightly with me, your host, Mouse Jones. It is a blessing and an honor to be back on the couch with you guys again. Um, First and foremost, I want to shout out to my team, shout out to Desi, my co-writer, shout out to my editor, engineer, producer, and all all of that good stuff. Shout out to Rail, shout out to Che, shout out to LeVan Wright, and the music that you guys always tell me that you love, that is by callmebari.com, callmebari, so shout out to him for the theme music. Oh, and I cannot wait for tonight's guest, Griselda recording artist, Black Soprano family boss, Benny the Butcher. Tonight is Thursday, April the 23rd. Yes, we are moving right along through April. April. So let's jump right into the ghetto news from my point of view. Uh, after receiving heat, much, much, much well-deserved heat last week, Philadelphia School District retract their parking lot pimping. Oops. I meant Wi-Fi, parking lot, Wi-Fi option previously recommended. Superintendent William Height said during a virtual press conference, the district didn't mean to recommend students learn in a parking lot, but instead as one option families could use if they didn't have an internet connection. See, I want to want to describe the picture what's going on in Philly for you guys real fast. One in five families in Philly do not have a reliable internet connection, which adds up to more than 21 1,500 students. I want you to hear that number. 21,500 students may not have internet connection in Philadelphia. So the school, I guess, was trying to give an option. So they said that they uh, upped the range of the Wi-Fi. It was described as accessible around the exterior of the building, such as the library or the school parking lot, and generally reachable for all. So in a community where there are high rates of community violence work, they're, they're asking kids to be sitting ducks with pieces of technology that people could steal from them. Uh, I don't know why they thought that was a good idea. I don't know if they thought that fully through. I'm not sure what's going on in Philly, but I do know that starting May 4th, the district says students are expected to log on every day, Monday through Friday, for at least three hours of instruction. Now, here's the caveat. Attendance won't be taken and students won't be penalized for missing work. To make remote learning work for everyone, the district has handed out thousands of Chromebooks. I get it. I get it. Uh, we're in unprecedented times. But I mean, when we're talking about these children's education, we need to be making clear and concise decisions and, and, and make it plain as day to figure out how these kids can get their opportunity to learn. Um, because not only will they attempt to cheat, but it's going to be a whole bunch of Fortnite tournaments. TikTok videos being made. I'm a, I did the Savage Dance just now. I know I messed it up. Uh, now, 
Moving on, numbers are showing that COVID-19 has parents frightened enough that they are postponing well-child checkups. That means immunizations and shots, putting millions of children at risk of being exposed to preventable deadly diseases. So with uh, with immunization, look at me, look at me, guys, work with me here. Now, with immunizations dropping at a dangerous rate, Dr. Sean T. O'Leary, a member of the American Academy of Pediatrics, says... The last thing we want as the collateral damage of COVID-19 are outbreaks of vaccine-preventable diseases, which we will almost certainly see if there continues to be a drop in vaccine uptake. So what I what I am seeing, though, as I did my research, what I am seeing is many practices are now scheduling well-child visits exclusively in the morning and sick visits in the afternoon so that the office can be decontaminated at the end of the day. Some have families uh, wait in a car and when an exam room is ready, a gowned nurse escorts parents and children in for the vaccine. So I think uh, I think we need to be moving as parents need to be moving in a little smarter way, just making sure our kids are vaccinated for the diseases that are preventable. We definitely do not want to see um, kids dying from measles, mumps, um, uh, uh things that are easily preventable, things that there's an immunization for. So let's try and get that handled. Um, Tonight in, wow, y'all voted for her. Uh, Las Vegas Mayor Carolyn Goodman had a head scratcher of a back and forth with CNN's Anderson Cooper that sounded like this. Every one of those lives is a tragic loss. But when you count 150 versus 2.3 million, you have to say, okay. we have to open up. We have to right. go back. Our bus drivers, our But hasn't it been because of social distancing that the numbers have been what they are? How do you know until we have a control group? We offer to be a control group. Anybody who knows anything about statistics knows that, for instance, you have a vaccine. You're offering you the, real the citizens of Las Vegas to be a control group to see if your theory on social distancing no, works no, no, or doesn't no, work. Wrong. Absolutely wrong. Don't put words in my mouth. You just said, said we'll said be a control group. Offer, excuse me. What I said was I offered to be a control group, and I was told by our statistician you can't do that because people from all parts of southern Nevada come in to work in the city. And I said, oh, that's too bad. So... The mayor is willing to sacrifice the residents of Las Vegas for the sake of jobs, but she isn't willing to sacrifice her wire headphones. I don't trust her, especially for a woman whose makeup resembles a Matilda-esque antagonist. I think she may pay, she may be taking this villain thing just a bit too far. Uh, because, like, listen, I'm not taking no advice from anybody who looks drunk. This this woman looks drunk. She sounds drunk. Um, I could tell there's just a lot of bean casserole. I'm not, I know there's supposed to be three. I, she's giving me five bean casserole. Uh, I'm not trusting Carolyn. Carolyn got to beat her feet. Senator Mitch McConnell says that states should look to file bankruptcy instead of looking for a federal bailout. The senator said, I think this whole business of additional assistance for state and local governments needs to be thoroughly evaluated there's not going to be any desire on the Republican side to bail out state pensions by borrowing money from future generations. Uh, McConnell's comments were a rejection of Democrats' top priority to spend tens of billions of dollars to help states. 
That's the job. Federal to help states. Um, I don't even have anything to say. I'm going to take uh, a page. I, I'm, I'm going to take the poignant words of a true governor, Andrew Cuomo. And uh, as he said, one of the saddest, really dumb comments of all time. That's really all there is to say about that. No need to make a joke. One of the saddest, really dumb comments of all time. Uh, speaking of my governor, Andrew Cuomo, when asked at a press conference about the shutdown uh, protesters, he simply had this to say. Now, they can say unemployment insurance isn't enough. I get it. Uh, even with the $600 check and the $1,200 check and the unemployment insurance benefit is not enough. I understand the economic hardship. We all feel it. The question is, what do you do about it? And do you put public health at risk? And do you drive up the number of deaths for it? Because you have no idea how to reopen now. So they're saying that, is there a fundamental right to work if the government can't get me the money when I need it? Is there yeah, a you fundamental want to go, right, right you want to, go to, go to work? work? Go take a job as an essential worker. Do it tomorrow. Right? You're working. I am. You're an essential worker. So go take a job as an essential but, worker. But, but the People aren't hiring because of the No, pandemic. there are people hiring. You can get a job as an essential worker. So now you can go to... It's that simple, ladies and gentlemen. It is that simple. If you are that concerned about getting out, getting back into the workforce, then get a job as, as an essential worker. Many essential jobs are hiring right now. They're looking for work. If you are that excited, if you are that restless, if you need to get back to work that quickly then that's what you should do. Become an essential worker. That will ensure you are paid, you're out the house, you're getting air, you are a working, contributing member of society. But if not, shut the fuck up and allow these people to do their jobs. In sports, um, now, this tickled me a little bit. There's some beige beefing taking place in the world of professional basketball. That's right. Mav Carter, uh, co-creator of the shop and business partner to LeBron James and the Warriors, Steph Curry, traded some light skin slander that sounded like this. Steph would have trouble guarding me, but, <laughs> but Steph is the greatest shooter in the world. When that motherfucker gets rolling, you can't stop him. Um... He can hit any shot from anywhere on the court. And he's actually really good off the ball on defense. He's a good steal artist. Mm -hmm. But he needs Steph and Dre I mean, he's Clay and Draymond to kind of cover everything else so he could do his thing. Like, like let me do my... Dre, you got to play the hell out of those drums. Clay, you got to play that fucking guitar. And let me... That's how my vocals get heard, right? Just like... In which Steph responded... Top is irrelevant... Uh headline this morning yeah from uh somebody talking about my defense yeah 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 i i hear it all i don't go looking for it but i got so many people i got i got some goons out there that send me every link possible somebody said <laughs> i know it's up I, I you know my sense of humor and yeah. like i don't ever uh get out been out of shape about the things i can't control mm -hmm. i have realized that with all the success that we've had and the heights that we've been to and just being front and center for, you know, five straight finals and all that type of stuff. When you're actually playing games that matter, mm -hmm. watching the Michael Jordan last dance documentary, doing all that stuff. Like it yeah. puts into perspective 
You're doing something great no matter what it is. They come First of all, I'm not 100% sure that Steph Curry knows what goons are. And if in fact he does, having them search his name and mentions in interviews is a grave misuse of said goon services. But more importantly, this by far is the most light skin exchange I've ever witnessed. This back and forth would not get an eye bat, would not get an eye raise from an Atlanta housewife. Shut up. Or shut up. On a career step, you're averaging a little under two steals a game and, and almost four rebounds a game. You're not Gary Payton, and that's okay. Tell Mav to check the rock when the quarantine is over and shut him down. All these high school bickering, I'm above the subliminals, extremely unnecessary, highly boring. Moving on, in entertainment, it seems that there are only two things Travis Scott can't do. Gain weight and lose. The multi-platinum rapper and producer is in the middle of a three-day Fortnite concert event where tickets are free, kind of. All you have to do is download the game. Now, there are some required in-app purchases to see the concert, but you can find the actual concert by choosing the Battle Royale uh, section, then selecting the astronomical game mode. The venue is just north of the Sweaty Sands Island on your map. And if you are just as confused as I am, just ask the kid, uh, also, Brandon from The Shy, Jason Mitchell, was arrested and released in Mississippi on a drugs and weapons charge. Um, I'm not sure that he does not know that they're not doing straight out of Compton, too. Um, he died. Um, the Shy is done. I I'm not sure why he's walking around with a Glock 9 or Draco. It's not enough bullet in them guns to write off the Rona. In an essay for the LA Times, Harold and Kumar star John Cho discusses the dark reality that COVID-19 is creating for Asians. He says the pandemic is reminding us that our belonging is conditional. One moment we are Americans, the next we are foreigners who brought the virus here. He says, I called my parents a few nights ago to tell them to be cautious when stepping out of the house because they might be targets of verbal or even physical abuse. Hmm. Funny how that goes, right? It's funny how that goes. It's funny how that goes. Um, I wonder if the Asian community, I wonder if John Cho has the same outlook when it comes to black lives. I wonder if us never seeing him speak about Black Lives Matter, I wonder if now he's seeing exactly what it's like to be black in America. Because it seems that the minute anybody else gets an eighth of what we've been dealing with since the time they dropped our black asses off over here, it now needs to be written. It needs to be think pieces. It needs to be addressed immediately. Also, we tend to forget that the people complaining about this are some of the biggest, want some of the biggest purveyors and, and agitators of our oppression. How many times do we see uh, how many times do we see the 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 down the downtrodden nose and the 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 looks from above from Asian communities? How many times do we hear about um how many times do we hear about people going into the the, the local um Asian store and not being dealt with properly? How many times? But because now you're getting some what I would call light racism, now it's a problem. Now we need gut-wrenching LA Times essays. Um, I will pass. I will say to that, sir, take a number. And last 
and certainly not least, some much-needed good news. Houston rapper Slim Thug, after testing positive last last month for COVID-19, revealed as of April 20th he has tested negative for the virus. Shout out to the big boss of the North. Now, that was my ghetto news through my point of view. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if I if I missed something, if I if I did not speak on a story that matters to you that you would like to hear about, let me know at quarantinenightly at gmail.com. Quarantinenightly at gmail.com. Put the story in there and I promise I will try and get it addressed um, on, a, on a further episode. I'll make sure my team is keeping an eye on these things. But we want to make sure we are telling the stories that hit that not only affect us but hit close to home and represent us as well. Um, as I told you guys, we have a great guest coming up. We have Griselda Records, Black Soprano Family's boss. We have Benny the Butcher coming to the couch right after this break. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all who may fall in between, um, welcome back to Quarantine Nightly. Like I told you in the beginning of the show, we have a, uh, a very special guest, some of y'all favorite new spitter. We have Benny the Butcher from them Griselda boys. Benny, what's going on, brother? Ah, the Butcher coming. You already know what's up with you, G. I'm all right. I can't complain. How you holding up in this uh, quarantine time of corona? How you holding up? Uh, Pretty fairly, you know what I'm saying? I'm still in the studio. I'm still just on the phone having meetings and anything like that, doing anything I could do without traveling and shit. Right. Now, does that traveling or uh, does not traveling, especially when you're in the middle of such a run like you are, uh, does, that, does that help or does it hurt? Um, because I, I would think it, it might help because you're able to lock in more in the studio, but then you can't get out and move around how you need to. So how are you dealing with that? Uh, yeah, definitely. It definitely helped her because doing what we do, all the traveling and all the shows and the fast life sometimes, but not sometimes, a lot of times you gotta, you gotta recalibrate yourself. So that's what I'm doing, recalibrating. But you know, niggas is missing bags on that road. Mm. You know what I mean? Lord niggas knows. Niggas is missing bags. So um, you doing the movie? You 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 shooting a movie or you shooting a movie the other day? Um, mm-hmm. how do you go from how do you go from brand new artist on the scene to now movie star? Uh, man, it's just well how everything moves so fast with the industry right now. It's like the artist got more control. That's how I was able to uh sign a a label deal with my label before I even signed a, a deal for myself. Because the artists are more controlling, and the and the people, the fans gave us the power. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? So without the labels, without these big companies, the people still gonna go out and seek our, our music and uh and take money for it. So you know what I'm saying, it, if I got the opportunity to do it, I'm gonna do it. It's no longer like yo, I should wait to this. It's it's, it's just do it whenever you're ready. Now Man. you got this uh. You, you you guys you and Dizza shout out to Dizza. This is like my man's my man's. The funny story about Dizza is. I was on on my way. I forgot where I was on my way to to uh, do a trap karaoke date, and Diz is coming off the plane. So Diz stops mm-hmm. right there. You know how Diz is. He's fly in the morning with nothing the on, time. got the jewels on. So he stops in the middle of the of the lane and it's like, "Yo, mouse, yo, no, no, I gotta give you this. I gotta give you this. Um, I seen you tweeting about my man's. I gotta give you this. I gotta give you this." So he stops everything and he gives me the. I'm looking at it right now. It's so funny. He gave me the artist copy of uh, the Statue of Limitations. But this is this is like right after y'all came back from, uh, I think London or y'all was overseas somewhere. Y'all was in Europe or something. Yeah, so, there he went. To, yeah, he went out. Of, he went over there. So I'm like, nah, this is crazy. So I'm listening to it and I'm like, nah, these niggas is these niggas is wild. And so I, my, I guess my biggest question is, how do you keep 
that same energy um, on these records when it's a time where the street rapper is almost kind of forgotten. Because you guys, the Griselda team, y'all have actually like carved out a market where it's like, nah, street niggas, they, they, they're here in 2020. Man, it's it's almost it's it's I gotta I gotta I gotta go with the authenticity, authenticity of it. And and you know, Griselda, we the we the freshest from out the streets. All these rap niggas, man, shout out to all my colleagues. You know, they been they they from the ghettos like I'm from from the project. Right. They did time and everything, but we the most freshest ones talking that shit. You know what I'm saying? We like two and three years removed from these situations okay. we on records talking about. So it sounds it sounds more authentic than them. What you hear because it's, it's and I mean it's just the freshest. Mm, it's like it's like it's it's kind of um it's kind of still on y'all. Exactly, exactly. You know, what I'm saying anybody else, it, it it washed off of them. You know, what I'm saying and, and, <laughs> the, and, and with the that Amiri's said, washed like, it off. Yeah, you know, what I mean these niggas got too many Maybachs and shit. These <laughs> niggas been dating. These niggas been dating too many R and B singers. You know, what I'm saying? it's <laughs> off of them. You know, what I mean, but you know, Griselda, it's it's that Buffalo. It's that Buffalo shit. It's that middle of nowhere, the dirty, grimy. You know and I'm saying that's what you can hear. You can hear the the way we talk and and a way in our point of views and shit is just. You know what I'm saying something people never heard before. How how do y'all even make it out of Buffalo? Because I'm from I'm from Long Island, so like that's not this. It's it's not. It's definitely not the boroughs, but it's close enough to Queens and Brooklyn where people can still move in and out. But when you're in Buffalo, you're what like a good three, four hours, five hours out of the. Out of the six. city, six hours six. out of the city. So how did mm-hmm. how do y'all even make it? How do y'all even get that connection to even to even break in? Or, or do you think it was just the internet? <sighs> definitely, definitely got a uh, the internet got something to do with it, do with it because you know instead of what, what Griselda did, in my opinion, instead of taking up how a lot of a lot of uh, artists take over the cities and shit, you got to take over your city first, bong, bong, bong. Right, of course. We, uh, we, we necessarily, we definitely had to hold on the city, but we necessarily didn't take over our city. It was, it was like a, it was like a, the internet presence on the blogs and, and you know what I'm saying, a lot of tastemakers on Instagram was fucking with us before a lot of other people was. So it was our presence and, you know, like, boom, like, I post Drake in a hoodie. Now everybody calling wanting a hoodie. It was, it's, it's just shit like that. People see West standing next to this person and they're like, oh shit, who was that? So before all of this, you know, West was before he even was dealing with Shady, he had Action Bronson and he right. had Danny Brown on his project. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's about culture, man. Like the people who love this okay, let me say this too. Shout out hip hop music because the people who love that dirty, grimy hip hop, they don't fuck around. They spend their money. They support their artists. You know what I'm saying? Right. So shout out to them. And that's that that's another big thing that I that I've been leaving out. It's the fans, man. Right. It's the fans of this type of music. See, all that other type of music, I love it and I respect it. I listen to that shit all day in the car, all day, everywhere I go. I sing it. My daughters love it. I love it. But it's like, you know, those fans are finicky. You know what I'm saying? Those are 18-year-old fans who who going to be 30 one day. Right. And they're they not going to hear that shit no See, my fans is already 30. You know what I'm saying? They're going to be 40 and still going to hear the same shit. So it's like that. So that 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 brings me to my next because that that's a that's a valid point that I I find myself when people ask me about you guys I'm like they have a cult following so they're they're able to monetize off the fans that they have but are you ever right. worried about the next level of fans right or are you guys comfortable with being able to just um touch who touch your your core fans or are you guys worried about branching out and getting the the masses uh. I kind of, I kind of don't think 
I'm worried about it. It's kind of the other way around, to be honest with you. It's kind of like the masses are coming our way. It's like, are the core fans going to fuck with us when they see when they see a Benny a Benny with a uh, a mainstream artist? Are they going to respect that? Is, is they going? You know what I mean? How 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 are they going to take it? How the core fans going to take it? Because right. the mainstream, you know, what I'm saying that's coming along. That's that's on the way. And you know what I mean? So I, I I be thinking about it the opposite way. It's like, damn, how the fans gonna feel about it? Because our type of fans, they stingy, man. They stingy with this music. They they. I was just on the phone with my manager. He was like, man, y'all fans just want y'all to be their dirty little secret. <laughs> and then once the people get out, like they they like fuck it. You know what I mean? They feel some type of way. Yeah, so yeah. That was you know definitely I mean? that's definitely how hip hop is. We find we find this one guy and we're like, oh nah, he's the best. And then when everybody else like, we be like, nah, that nigga changed. Um, exactly. Exactly. But but that's how it is. So let me ask you this. Um, and this is just me being honest. I'm not trying to start nothing amongst the crew, but obviously you're the one with the most eyes on you. Like you're the one the labels are are after. Um, are you worried that you might separate yourself too much from Griselda? Or or is that has that always been the goal for everybody to come in together and establish each other, um as uh, establish one another as their own presence? And definitely that's always been the goal is to establish Everyone established themselves because, you know, Wes is going to do what Wes is going to do. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? He going His reach is going to extend further than my reach in some areas. Same thing with Conway. And the same thing with me. You feel what I'm saying? It's like nobody's, nobody's, well, fires from Wes and Conway. Nobody's expecting me to, to uh, be like the underdog or the, or the little, little cousin of the group. For 32 years, for the for the for the rest of our, you know, what I'm saying existence, right? And and I heard Conway say this in an interview. Man, these dudes is I've been around these dudes for so long, so everything that people saying about me, like yo, Benny this, Benny that, Benny this, they've been to it. They've been to it. Like how I knew, like yo, when this nigga Conway get the game, he people gonna go crazy. They gonna love this nigga. I was I was thinking that three years ago. I'm like, damn, he got to deal with Shady. He about to do the song with M. Oh, he about to get the song with 50. I'm like, watch, when the world hear this, they going to go crazy. Right. So they know that too. They know like, oh, wait, they wait till we expose Benny to this shit. People going to go nuts. When I was doing Tanner Talk 3, three years ago, before I had a dollar, I had like 60 bucks in my pocket. Right. If that, those niggas was telling me like, yo, this is the, watch, watch what you about to be. Them niggas was telling me how to, how to get myself right spiritually and mentally to prepare for, for this stage of my career. So they seen it before I seen it. So you know what I mean? That's crazy. Because it's like, it's like you hear all three of y'all and you can hear everybody's individual style, even when y'all on records together. And I think that's the most beautiful thing with crews that grew, like crews that came in together, like uh, the locks, like you always can tell Chic, Styles, and Kiss. You can always tell everybody. And and now it's with you guys, you can always tell Con, you can always tell Conway, you can always tell Wes, right, right. and you can always tell you. Um, But what is it that, and then like I said, I, my my goal is not to start shit. Um, but what do you think it is that's causing you to get the the looks that you're getting uh, personally? Like that's causing to 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 attract that. Uh, I, I I was I understand why you would say that, but I don't necessarily agree with that. Like mm. you know, Virgil Virgil was fucking in, in Paris with Westside Gun. I wasn't there. Right, 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 right. Hey, fashion week all week. I wasn't there. You feel what I'm saying? And and uh, but do you what, do you and, do you care to be in that? Hell yeah! Who don't want to go? Who don't want to go to Fashion Week in Paris with Virgil? <laughs> Hell yeah! But you know what I'm saying, and you know that's maybe that's not for me. That's 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 for West. So I still live through it. You know what I'm saying? I still, 
I just I still take credit for it. That's my cousin. Like, these niggas is my family, so I'm still taking credit for everything these niggas do. And uh, like Conway, we pull up and you know KD. Those like a lot of the celebrity friends I got was those niggas' friends first. You know KD, love that nigga Conway. That nigga Conway be with all the NBA players and shit like that. So you know, like I said, everybody going, everybody going have their own shit. I look on the I look on the uh, comments. I read all, every comment. They be like, yo. Conway the best rapper alive. Conway the best rapper alive. So I know people feel how they feel about me. They, they feel the way about that man too, and they feel the way about mm. West. You know what I'm saying? Now, how, how how did that look? How how did that look on 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 late night TV on on uh on the Tonight Show? How did that feel? Man, that shit. That's that's crazy. That's still one of my biggest things, man. Like fucking Jimmy Fallon. It never. Man, that's that's the biggest thing in the world. Because to me, I'm like, and and obviously as a watcher and appreciator of hip hop, I'm like. Nah, how these niggas get on here? Because if and, and, and just being honest, like if we're looking at it, you guys have this, like I said, this cult following. Y'all are y'all are everywhere when it comes to the hip hop blogs, and then you guys are on the TV shows. But if you look at the, um, I hate to be this guy, but if you look at the sales, you're like, man, they not. I'm expecting them to go like number one every time they come out. Right. So how do y'all keep like how do y'all keep that juxtaposition where you're getting all these well earned looks? You you're a force in the uh, in the culture, but it still seems like that the the album reception is still very cult like or still very core based. Because what the industry is is seeing right now, that culture is, is more important than all that other shit, man. Mm. That's how culture. Some niggas are selling a whole bunch of records, still can't pick up the phone and call the people I could call, or still can't you know what I'm saying? Can't get the situations that a West got, or you know what I mean? Because culture. It's culture in it, and in the nineties, culture was everything. But mm-hmm. the game got to the point where you know, you know, the big wigs, the DJs, and the record label owners, or whoever—I don't know—I wasn't there. Like they turned <laughs> their back on culture. You know what I'm saying? They turned their back on it, like it didn't mean nothing. You feel what I'm saying? Like having one of the hardest fitters in your crew, like it didn't mean nothing. Like what the beats like? Because you dance to the beat, like that became uh, bigger than culture. And they and they and, and they backtracking now. You know what I'm saying? Mm. The game is backtracking now. Like how you actually how I feel about, you know, the mainstream towards the underground thing, like, as far as Jimmy Fallon shit, like, you know, the mainstream coming to us now, you feel what I'm yes. saying? So it's like, you know, people are realizing how uh, more important culture is. You know, these rap niggas get on songs, they get on like, yeah, I sold this, yeah, I sold that, yeah, I sold this, I sold that, you know, the nigga gonna be on the back of a milk carton in three years. They ain't gonna know where he's at. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that shit is not important, you know what I mean? It's not important. Uh, it's good to sell. You take care of your family, but it's not important as people uh, uh, fucking make it up to be. I like that. That's that's a fact. I like that. I, I live by that. Yeah. Um. But we we've been speaking about culture. Like we don't get no more cultural than Hove. And and as a new artist, you got a a, a strong connection with Hove. Like Hove fuck with you heavy. Like and as a nigga, like I got Hove tattoos. I got quotes. I got like three J quotes tatted on me. Like J is niggas know on my Instagram. It's all. Um, my Instagram caption all Hove quotes. Like, how does that like going from somebody growing up in the community, growing up in the culture, loving this, and being a fan of Hove to now, you know, that might be one of the numbers you was flexing about earlier. Like being able to have that connection with Hove. What what is that? What's that like? That's that's surreal, man. Like you you said it. You know you know what that man means to this game, to this business. To you know what he did, how he inspired. So it's like, man, I. I can't even explain it, but whatever, whatever you thinking in your head, it is. That's how I feel, man. It's breathtaking, and I can't, I can't, I still can't believe it. 
like are you, you know at, are, are you at that level with him where you're looking like oh that's just whole voice every time you talk to him and fuck with him is it still like yo it's whole I'm like yo sometimes that nigga text me like I don't know what to text back you know what I'm saying <laughs> like I don't I don't even know what to say or he be around like I I be having to forget like yo I be having to tell myself like yo relax man relax you know what I'm saying whole <laughs> like I just got so much respect for him his pen his business moves the philanthropy you know what I'm saying him him as a father. Him as a husband, I just got so much respect for that man. I just look up to that man so much, you know what I'm saying? Off of, and, 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 and from my point of view, just not just, just not on no dick riding shit. Pause. Just, right. just he that he that nigga. He he earned that. He earned all of our respect. He earned all our admir admiration, and you know what I mean. And it's him, you know, a person like me to come from out of nowhere to to be all these eyes and, and to be in a place where I'm okay with him to like to be in business with him. Like, you know, that's big for me. You know what I mean? And that's something that I look on every day and I'm proud of myself. That as you should be. What would your um philanthropic um outreach look like? Like if you get to the level where you you start um, you know, looking into philanthropy more and giving back. Um, just cause you you speaking about Hove, and I always think uh -huh. about this with like certain artists that I believe are cultural. Like what would your uh philanthropic uh outreach or give back be? My thing is like with things like that, I like to do it. I like to do it directly. So, uh, something that would definitely enrich my community. You know what I'm saying? Something, something, something small. You know how they say like they want to do, you know, give back turkeys or kangas. Like you know that that's cool, but I believe, I believe hitting it hard. You know what I'm saying? Right. I believe like taking somebody, taking a, a community leader who people look up to, who people admire, who who people gonna listen to and take that person and putting that person in a position. You feel what I'm saying? Uh like like a grocery store. You know what I mean? In my neighborhood, like we don't in my neighborhood, we don't got shit. You know what I'm saying? On the west side, that's where all the poppies at. The west side, they got the Spanish grocery store. You go to the grocery store, you can't even read the aisles because it's in Spanish. You feel right. what I'm saying? And then you know the uh the, the, the people from Middle East, the Arabs, they got their shit. They got their own stores, but it's it's not like a grocery store. And if it is a grocery store, it's not ours. You know, the poppies, that's theirs over there. It's not ours. So we need things that we own. Like we we need our own. You know what I'm saying? And and I think that's on a large scale. That's that's an American thing. That's a, a black American thing. That we need our own shit. Everybody always talk about like small towns where I'm from. Everybody else home man, a club got the club got closed because they shot it up or did it again because we don't own it. They can tell us to get the fuck out because we don't own nothing. Mm. So they can say like, yeah, y'all shot it up. It's over. We shutting it down. You feel what I'm saying? So we don't own shit. We gotta go to these. We go to these. We go to anywhere. We go to these movie theaters. Like, just imagine if these commercial places was like spots that cater to us. You feel what I'm saying? I like, think that, a lot more niggas would be out the street, to be honest. You know, for real. That's why people love Atlanta so much, because it caters to us. You know what I'm saying? That's why. That's why Harlem is what Harlem is. You know, that's a that's a black hub. Like, right. place cities where you got. I mean, like Chicago, Detroit, where. It's a black city, and they catering to those people. Man, black people gonna thrive. It ain't gonna be all good, but black people gonna thrive. You know what I'm saying? So in my town, it's it's, it's, it's we got nothing for us. Like we 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 like we like guests. You know what I'm saying? In That's our own crazy. house. That's you know what crazy. I'm so we don't got nothing for us. So I would try to make it so put something up there that that we could be proud of, that we could own. You know what I'm saying? A theater, a bowling alley, a grocery store. Start small like that, but on a large scale, my philanthropy is. Is get these niggas in the hood rich. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, ain't, ain't no more philanthropy than that. You take a nigga who got three kids, a mama, a baby mama, and like, get that nigga rich. So that so that wealth could, you know what I'm saying? It could trickle down into her family. Now her her brother fuck around. His 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 baby mother brother fuck around and own a business and, and hire people just off the moves that he made. You know what I'm right. saying? Like real shit. Like direct 
You know what I'm saying? Now that's a bar. I'm not even gonna hold you. I'm tweeting that as we speak. Like, get these my philanthropy would be get these niggas in the hood rich. Like, because I think it changes, um, it changes the outlook, right? It changes because if if you get everybody rich or everybody wealthy, then nobody is uh not struggling, I won't say, but they won't be so desperate. You get what I'm saying? Like out of exactly. out of the uh out of the despair, you know, Jay said it like out of despair. We come up with this, you know what I mean? So imagine if we didn't have to grow up that way. Imagine if, like you just said, like if these places catered to us and were ran and made by us instead of us always being a visitor. People would have exactly. to interact with us differently. Real shit. I believe that. So let's talk about this uh before I let you go. Let's talk about this. Um let's talk about the black soprano family. Like we gotta mm-hmm. talk about it because you know, anything with the word soprano on it is gonna get my attention. So let's talk about this black, black Soprano family and what people can expect from that. Man, I got, we just did a label deal. You know and I'm saying Rick Heidi is my number one artist over there. I got him. I'm saying I, it's, it's just a, it's just a band of artists that from my town, some not from my town, all hard workers, talented people. You know what I'm saying? And it's not, and it's black Soprano family. I want people to know it's not like Griselda Jr. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like we our own thing. We do our own thing. And, 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 I have I, I had Black Soprano family for a long time. Like basically around the time Wes started Griselda. You know what I'm saying? If not before, you feel what I'm saying? I had Black Soprano family. So Wes know what it is. He know what type of person I am. I've always been a uh, always been an artist with driving and ambition, doing my own thing. So he understands that this was this was the ultimate thing. He understands like when Benny get in position, he gonna be doing his thing. Man, it's just a whole bunch of artists who who hungry, who dope and ready to show the world that they got talent, man. A whole bunch of spitters, man. Niggas are biting niggas' heads off. We're ready to go. How do you make sure that you don't fall, or at least Black Soprano family doesn't fall in that same realm of, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, the D blocks with Jay Hood and these other, rec- um, you know, the, you could talk about everybody from CTE. Shout out to, uh, you know, shout out to Wink Loke, but everybody, like, how do you make sure it doesn't become one of these things that was just a label imprint, niggas get a chain, but then you don't hear from these artists or these artists don't. Like, how do you ensure that you can uh, elevate these artists to get the looks that you're getting and obviously uh, aspire to the looks you'll be getting? Uh, first, man, just just to lead by example and uh, and educate them on, on the business and educate them on, on how to hustle. You know what I'm saying? You got to know how to hustle because, like I said, the, the artist, the power is in the artist's hand nowadays. So, if you see, sometimes you see a, a nigga, an artist not doing good, and you know he kind of fumbled the ball. You know what I mean? Because, you know, where we from, we from the hood. You know, a lot of niggas know how to get some drugs and sell it. A lot of niggas know how to pick up a gun and do a robbery and do that. But, like, do you know how to hustle in this music business? Mm. You got to hustle. You know what I'm saying? So so that's my that's my way of doing it. And Because and, that's how I did it. I, I can only show somebody how to do something the way I did it. When I came in, like you, like, Nobody expected me to be where I'm at and doing what I'm doing right now. Mm. Nobody expected that. It's like, you know, I came in, I came in as the underdog. I came in as like the, the third wheel. Nobody expected me to be signing my own deal or my own label deal or doing these movies. Everybody expected me to, you know what I mean? But I took advantage of having the power as an artist. You know what I'm saying? I'm, we could, you could, you could pick up the phone and call Static Selector and call Superstar Jay. And call Primo. I'm like, yo, I'm coming up to Satellite Radio. They're like, oh yeah, come up, man, bring bring a bottle. Oh yeah, bring something to eat. You know I mean, you can do that. Like, you don't need like a a head of a CEO of a Dev Jam to say, hey, Benny, go up there. You got an interview. Like, you could right. call these people. You know what I mean, you could DM these people on Instagram. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? Once you like, once you get a 
a certain, once you get a certain juice or acceleration behind your name and they know who you are, which my artist got, we got a relationship with all those dudes who I name and they know those as my artists. So if those dudes doing the right thing, if they spitting hard and if they stand in the studio, if they stand around, stand in front of the camera, stand in, in, in the people's face and, you know, th those opportunities is going to be allowed to them and, and they just got to take advantage of it. And, and uh, when the lights on, perform. Uh, now, Drake is like we talked about earlier, Drake wearing a hoodie. He loved the sound. Now there's word on the street that the, that that the butcher got the Drake verse, like, are, are are you does that at all put pressure on you when uh when when getting ready to release it? Like, are you in your head about all right? I got to make sure this verse sound like that, or I got to make sure I match his energy. Like, what what is the thought process when when you have this Drake verse, knowing what a Drake verse can do for your career? Oh yeah, yeah. You you definitely not trying to get bodied on your own song. Like you, <laughs> you're, you're definitely not trying to do that. You ain't trying to go down that path. You ain't trying to have people saying that about you. And uh, you know, I know I don't feel no pressure. I just feel like you know, I just I I want. Of course, I want to match his energy. I'm pretty sure he feel the same way about me though, because it's like it's it's a vibe. Why would a person like? Well, I meant to say that earlier. Like, why would a person like Drake, like? reach out and do a song with me because culture you know what i'm saying it ain't about sales or nothing right like i'm not gonna get him no more i'm not gonna earn him no more fans than he already got you feel what i'm saying it's culture he know he when he, he's tapping into it for the culture you feel what i'm saying so i definitely want to match his energy and, and match his vibe and, and be on the same page so that's what i think about i want to i, I want to be i want to have one of them good writing days mm. when, you, when you're doing songs with those type of dudes that's the, that's the right energy. Um, now I would be I, everybody in in the world, anybody that follows me, they would they would gas and they would flip on me if I don't ask this question. Now I've always said from the beginning that y'all three got the energy, and to cross over, like I always say what, about any artist, everybody want to be like the people who fly. Now you are holding on to these mutton chops. Mm -hmm. Why? I'm happy. I'm happy you asked that. <laughs> I'm happy I you asked them, that. I'm like, why won't this nigga get rid of the mutton chop? See me like, you can ask me anything. I'm a real nigga. I'm gonna give you just just real answer. Right now, first and foremost, the obvious thing is my beard don't connect. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's obvious reason why. So I was growing. I was growing my beard out for it to connect because then you know like yo try the oil you know you know the thing niggas running around doing damage <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> so so it's like you know, I got, exactly I got the oil so they like no grow it out for a couple weeks or a month or two and it'll connect so I tried that and it didn't connect and it was just and it's just what it is right now the mutton chops but now I'm just I'm just a regular guy you know I had braids before right I had the wave cut you know what I'm saying you know I had I had a street look right so in a in the process of trying to grow these motherfucking beards cyber whatever <laughs> so many people comment commented about about these that it became my look and when I look in the mirror does this shit look weird of course it looks weird <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like everybody else but this is my look now you know how many people notice me by these like people walk. They can see the jewelry, the chain say Griselda, the chain say BSF, and they still don't realize it's me to like, oh shit, he got the chop. <laughs> and this is my own look. Like I would like, no matter what, if I could have had braids, I could have had the knobs, I could have Iverson braids, you would have not asked me about my look in this interview. You asked me about my look. That's a look that I own it. 
you know, I, I never owned the look. I own the look now and I'm happy and I'm keeping it. Yo, that's, that's all it's about. I'm not even going to hold you. That's the best answer I could have ever uh, uh, imagined to, to hear, right? Like, because <laughs> I'm my sitting look. here and I'm like, because, you know, I, even if like, you'll get to know me after this come out, but people be like, Mouse, you just hate everything. I'm like, yo, I keep telling you, I like the nigga. I just don't understand the mutton chops. I, I, yo, I promise you, I would say every time somebody asked me, I'd be like, Listen, the nigga could spit his ass off, but how you gonna revolutionize rap with mutton chops? And then you just <laughs> right. answered the question. You just broke it down. Cause I'm saying, Yo, here like, I know, I know, listen, I know people look at it weird. Like, I look at, I swear to God, sometimes I look in the mirror, I'm like, you know what? If I cut these off, I could, you know what I'm saying? But I can't. I'm just so in love with having my own look. I cut them off and I look like the rest of these niggas. Mm. I, 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 wanna, I wanna keep my look for a while. I can't even look. I can. I think that's the best way to end this. I can't even step on that. Like that's 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 crazy. Uh, Benny, uh, from the bottom of my heart, you know, you not knowing me, and you know, in this time, and still agreeing to do this, come on this platform. I definitely appreciate you. Shout out to Cat. Um, but but I I appreciate you a hundred percent for uh for do for uh giving me some of your time today. Um, tell the people uh what what you got coming up, what you want them to support. Hey yo, man, I got uh. I got the uh, Black Soprano Family album coming out. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's DJ Drama. It's a mixtape hosted by DJ Drama. I ain't even named the motherfucker yet. Hold on, hold on. Out. Time out, time out. I definitely forgot. <laughs> you got the drama tape. I got the drama tape. You feel what I'm saying? It's crazy. That's coming out like May. I'm dropping a single soon. You know what I'm saying? I got that coming out. I got a, I got Plugs I Met too, produced by Harry Frog. I got Hit the Butcher produced. By Hit Boy, mm. I'm just on it. I'm just fucking around with the calendar, seeing when I'm dropping what. You know what I'm saying, man. And, and shout out to you. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to get on the podcast, man. And appreciate Cat. Cat be holding it down. Cat's a, Cat's a real one. Cat is a real now, one. She's a real one. I don't care what they say about other people from the Bronx. She's a real one. <laughs> now, she's a real one. <laughs> but no, like most of all, I, like I said, I, I appreciate you. Uh, you know, devoting some of your time, 20, 30 minutes of your time, because. I'm pretty sure everybody wants the interview with the butcher, but I definitely appreciate you, uh, you know, coming to quarantine nightly and, and chopping it up with me. And when we go outside, let's do this again. Let's do this in real life. Now that's a fact. We're gonna do it face to face. Appreciate you. Be safe, brother. Always. Once again, thank you, thank you so much for Benny the Butcher. Uh, for sitting down on the couch with us, uh, taking some time out your day to let us know. Um, how the quarantine is, is is affecting you and how you're dealing with that. Also, what's up next? Make sure y'all support the upcoming projects of Benny the Butcher. Shout out once more to my team. Shout out to my co-writer, Desi. Shout out to my engineer, editor, Supreme Rail. Shout out to Che and LeVan Wright for those graphics. And we would not be nothing without that dope-ass theme music. Shout out to callmebari.com one more time. If you have questions you would like to submit or current events you think I should talk about, email them before 1 p.m. Eastern to quarantinenightly at gmail.com in order to get them right on air. Remember, we're on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you may stream podcasts. Shout out to my sponsors, Anchor and Spotify. Subscribe, rate, and comment. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Quarantine Nightly, I'm Mouse Jones. Please, please remember to pray for me as I pray for you. Quarantine Nightly.